Welcome to Unheard on the Smaller Known Artists and Topics in Music. I'm your host, and I'm joined by my two ho-hosts. Taj and Vance. <laughs> We're so excited to have you with us today. Now let's not do this. That's this is right. This man is terrible at this script. <laughs> let's not do this. We tried to do an AI right. intro, but that shit sucks. Um, That's that right. was the point. You were supposed to do it, <laughs> show how bad it sucked, and then That's kill it right. at the end. No, I'm killing it. <laughs> this man it couldn't now. even get through it. I don't even want to get through it. It's too long to get through it. And artists that don't always get the recognition they deserve. We're going to be digging deep and bringing you some amazing discoveries. And we promise to keep things lighthearted and fun. We're all music nerds here, so you can expect some nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> Some nerdy discussions and inside jokes. Yeah. I'm not gonna <laughs> be in no robot. Welcome to Unheard, baby. If I had a dollar for every time these niggas hate, I'd be rich like Jen, yeah. I got rich with baby face. It came up just mega play. And I feel just like Beyonce, niggas slut, say my name. I can't back down front no nigga, I bring my smoke to Taylor Gang. I'm the goat, don't get front of free though. Fade away, whipping dough. Make it big shine, you can't say it ain't I know if I wasn't that great, they wouldn't even be doing shade Say that shit come with the game, nigga I ain't never been no game I don't even wanna conversate, nigga lie right to my face Yeah, I probably be under the jail, they know how much crime I did today Damn, cry, baby V's, using honey's wipe it away I don't got change for 20, nigga 20 ain't nothing but change Can I speak? Is it a safe space? Depending on what you say Sure. I feel like the only thing related, like I can't lie, the biggest story I saw on my TL was like Chloe getting her cheeks clapped on that um Amazon show. Swarm? By Snowfall. And by um, Franklin. Honestly, like I think I don't know what it does for her public image, which is already kind of in the shaky light, but I like the move from her PR team or whoever got this whoever made this happen. Um, I think it's good PR. <laughs> it's good PR. And I'm gonna lie, she needed like, she needed this assist. She needed she needed she needed like it's like comedic relief to like w- her career seemed overly serious, like an overly like not even overly like, serious, just like her career was reaching points <laughs> of like disrespect that I didn't even know was still happening. She was niggas literally threw stuff at her on stage. <laughs> like I didn't even know that still happened in present day music. Like Shakespeare? Exactly. Like, niggas was really throwing shit on stage like Boo. Like some Apollo in the 80s type shit. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm like, yo, like, I don't really know what this has to do with anything. But, you know, I have to appreciate the social media moments that, like, truly brings the entire TL together. Like, you couldn't get on Twitter for, like, an enti- the entire day without seeing... um the screenshot or like some nigga said like he analyzed the scene 45 times to analyze like if there was if it was possible that it could have been faked so like i just love you get to see (laughs) the true like truly every side of um of kind of this 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 discourse um so yeah shout out shout out to chloe um i think hallie also had a fact that this is one of your favorite moments of hers is just the fact that, when did I say? When, when did I ever say this was one of my favorite? Yeah, the fact moments. that it's been two weeks and the first thing Vance wants to talk about <laughs> those Chloe back shots and what they did for her career. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just telling you that was like the main. If we're really talking I'm about familiar like with again. current events, that was that was the first. That was the first thing. I and mean, said, I wasn't looking forward about? to the album before, but now that's what I'm, you got hey, my attention. I'm intrigued now. Like 
you got the show opening up with like back shots like that's like a crazy decision like all right uh, let's go into the unheard war room i feel like chloe's been like an up and down artist on this podcast of like i bigged her up heavy after that chloe haley project like two years ago then she immediately let me down <laughs> and now it's, it's it's time those albums been pushed back for a while it comes out march 31st in pieces we're in a war room unheard consulting the label who she signed to parkwood entertainment comes up to us unheard what should we do for chloe right now what advice are we throwing out to ensure that this is a successful debut? I think my first, I think follow like the Coco Jones blueprint. Like, let's do seven to ten songs. Let's keep it short. Let's keep it sweet. Like, just and just let it. Let's let's try to make it as authentic as possible. I think that's what and we what's need. A, right what's now. authentic for Chloe? I think like she's she's extremely talented as she showed with like. I don't know what authentic is for Chloe. Let me stop pretending like I know. But I just, I, I, I think I'm a... Didn't bring his best research to this war room. I'm going to know it when I hear it, bro. It's just like when, when she was on... <laughs> and niggas getting kicked out of me. <laughs> no, for on a serious note, um, when I think about that Chloe times Halley, ungodly hours, like, she could actually like sing and perform. So just sing and perform, like do the most. We don't need the antics or the gimmicks. Like Nigga leave, said, shut up and dribble. Leave, <laughs> leave like all the antics and the gimmicks, you know, at the door. Um, but that's my blueprint. Mainly just to keep it short, like nice and sweet. All right, tracklist is currently listed at fourteen songs. Okay. So, is that does that follow your blueprint? I mean, how that's, long though? It doesn't say length. I'm assuming. Yeah, it just says 14 songs so far. 14 songs, 35, 40 minutes. All right. All right, Vance. Is your part of the... Where your section of the deck? What are you presenting to Parkwood? So post-swarm, um, I'm coming to Parkwood, you know. Um, I'm seeing how many of like the TV stands we can kind of corral. And honestly, I think we're too I think we're too deep into the game. You're really leaning on into, this. <laughs> What's that, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> this scene really carried away from Vance. No, it just carried. I think, be, it, I think it's this has mo- become like the bro, queen on his chessboard. Like, bro, it's the, it's the, it is it's the, it's the power play for Chloe. Like, as much as it probably sounds terrible in terms of like the sexualization, but I mean, I'm not even taking anything back because she's been trying for this moment for at least like two years. Does Franklin from I've Snowfall seen- need to make a cameo on like one of the music videos? Yes, yes. I've never seen Chloe talked about this much in Positively. my entire life. Yeah, ever, ever. And for music, for looks, for anything. So I think you need to get some of these stands, and I think you just need to keep going with gimmicks, you know? Like, Taj probably has some opinion, like, ah, oh, we need to lock her in with the alchemist <laughs> and, and make real music. I, don't, I think that's kind of done. Like, Chance, I feel Chance with, like, trying to showcase the talent, but... I think you've kind of already missed that mark. I think it's time to just lean into the gimmick. Um, I'm a I'm a fight against you though, cause she don't have to be a gimmick artist. Like she can actually like she came up she under Beyonce. You? Like that was her mentor. I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up. Like you you gotta want better for yourself. Like no, she should be firmly in that Coco Jones pocket. We should be talking about her about Coco Jones. as an ascending young R and B talent. That could potentially make waves in the genre in short order and be a mainstay. Like, we need those. 
Back. I get what you're saying about Coco, Coco Jones. Coco at different levels. That's what I'm, I'm not saying she can get there, but that needs to no, be. No, I'm saying like no, it's the she, other exactly. Way you got the Beyonce stimulus <laughs> at like 12. You should not be worried about Coco Jones. Like she should you not be aspiring to be Coco, to be Coco Damn, Jones. I set the bar too low. She shouldn't be aspiring to be that. But I don't know. Based off where she at, like I think we need to recover the stock. You feel me? Like let's just no, get back to baseline. Uh, similar to Vance and similar to your take, I think. Well, your analysis of the situation. I think this movie unlocked something heavy. This re- unlocked an integral piece of Chloe's brand. <laughs> like she's been trying to do the sex appeal and it wasn't really working. But she was trying the wrong trying. sex appeal. She was trying like I'm a dominatrix type sex appeal when really she's like <laughs> the girl next door sex appeal. And this movie unlocked it. Dog, I'm die. I'm so weak. This is an insane analysis. So if she, I don't know what the album sounds like. Uh, Parkwood didn't give us that, but if she can lean into that in the videos of the songs that comes out, you think that's like an uh, immediate correlator, like it, it direct. It's a, it can serve as a catalyst for her streams. It can't. It's it's the brand. I mean, she's always had <laughs> decent music to me. Like the music was never like Chance said. She's a performer. Like the music videos were always there. The music was always at worst like solid like it wasn't bad but abandoning but abandoning the nomination yeah it's just like the next yeah, step stop trying that's to, the final her, her sex appeal isn't like made the stallion type it's like oh it's like what happened in swarm if a bunch of niggas like whoa didn't expect that from you it's like that <laughs> so like going there with it i think she had she unlocked something i'll see my point bruh see i don't sound as crazy now when, when taj puts it his taj way like i, I don't sound as crazy um but yeah, I just, I don't know. I brought that up. That was just like the main thing I, I saw all across my timeline. And I feel like it was getting talked about so much. It couldn't have just been for nothing. Like this has to mean something for the future of Chloe. It, ha- it just has to. So to wrap up, to wrap um, up, like what, what type of songs y'all expecting? Like just heavy lean into the pop? I think it's going to be full pop. Like, <sighs> yeah, I, don't, I think it's just going to be full pop r&b i doubt if there's even that many kind of traditional r&b songs on there I, uh, i'm not really ex- expecting any almost in the same way like you remember when rihanna and beyonce were kind of on their come up like they weren't really doing too much traditional r&b mm-hmm. it was kind of either like their own genre or like in that middle ground of like pop rap hip-hop apple music got like, it listed like, as r&b love... and so so see I would love like I mean, a poured up mean. record. I mean, that's what I would I love a poured up. I would love a poured up type record from Chloe. Am I geeking for that? Like, I would just love her to take that lane. But I don't know. Maybe Taj is right. Like, maybe she doesn't have that sex appeal where like Rihanna kind of had that. Like, poured up was such a fire song to me when it came to like marking Rihanna's transition from like Ponder Replay and Disturbia. Until like nah, like I'm the baddest bitch in the whole planet. I don't know why she didn't play off like the. I guess you're really trying to separate, but like, like you said, the like the angelic, like serenade, that type of you know, vibe. So I think she approached the music like that. We'll see though, man. That's enough, uh, Chloe talk. We'll let the music speak for itself next week or a week after next. March thirty first. Also on March thirty first. Black. Makes his return. Six lakh. Let's get it. You guys listen to the singles? I think Vance said he liked. Somebody said they liked the singles. Are they listening to the singles? I, I didn't listen. Right, to I'm the gonna singles. say I'm avoiding all yet. the singles. Yeah, I left them. Last thing I listened to was the the 
lemon pepper wet or the hot six piece or whatever the fuck. Oh, it's actually it's March 24th. Chicken, this chicken is this box. Friday. Whatever. What was the last name of the last project? Six Piece Hot six or something. Six Piece shit? something. Yeah. Six Piece Hot Chicken Box. Whatever. That like shit that. was hella cool. Um, yeah. Man, I was fucking with that. I mean, look, he's one of those, one of them ones. You know, I like to say that. It's just, he stands out. Um, I have nothing bad to say about him. Excited for the music. And I know, like, it's no gimmicks or antics. Like, I know I can just sit down, light an incense, and, like, get a decent little story in the music after, like, an hour. It's like watching a short film with Black, you know? Like, you never really have to... Even going all the way back to his 2016 project, like, it's not like there was a crazy amount of substance. Like, wasn't learning anything profound about myself after listening to that album, but takes you into his world, which I think is, like... At least my bar for like solid music. Like, if you can take me into your world, like, that's enough. I feel like he does that. Yeah, I like that. I call it like the cinematic style. Like, when somebody could just put you in a place. Like, I was just about to say the the type of mood he evokes, especially on this six piece lemon pepper hot or whatever it was called. <laughs> Why do you keep calling it? <laughs> Why, just stop saying the name if you don't know the name. If you don't know what it's called, <laughs> I'm about to look it up. So it's just called six piece hot. And he added a flavor to it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making a whole order. Six piece hot. Like that, um like the ATL freestyle along nights. He make like, I don't know. It just felt like you like a, you light up one of like them tobacco pipes, like put on like a, a brimmed hat and like <laughs> a trench coat and just like walk home in like the rain. Like that type of music. This nigga just lost his wife. <laughs> what the fuck? Type of picture you paint. Not even on that. On some, <laughs> in 1925. On some like detective shit, like some film noir shit. Like that's how the that's how the six piece hot had me feeling. So, all right, this project was not that pivotal to me, but he has he does have two classics in my opinion, two classic projects. So I'm excited. Uh, since I, I have a letter, that, I don't, don't know about two classics. East Atlanta, East Atlanta love letter was special. East Atlanta love letter was special. That was special. And talking about for 2018. Yeah, like in the whole R and B recent like last six. Okay, seven, that one a R&B. classic. The first one, they're okay. both classics. Free Black is also a classic. Okay, two essential albums. Cool. Free Black. I don't know. I would give it. I would give um East Atlanta Love Letter. I think Free Black was crazier just because he popped up off the scene. It was a debut, but East Atlanta Love Letter is definitely a classic. Either way, we're excited, man. It'd be nice, nice to hear, hear him. We haven't heard from him in a while, so. All right, man. Can I start? Can I start pressing? Can I press a little bit, or do we have any more like upcoming albums or music we want to get to regarding singles and stuff? Go for it. Press. Taj Mayfield to the stand. Nice. All right. I got word about forty-eight hours ago from um, some people in Austin, Austin, Texas, at this little festival <laughs> called South by Southwest that goes on every year. Highlighting up and coming and also current, you know, acts in the space of music. Um, and I saw a lot of footage, you know, of, of this of this artist, Pink Pantherist. Um, she's everywhere, you know, Boys a Liar, part two with Ice Spice. She kind of had her breakout year last year, rookie year. Um, but to many, a surprise. Um, she was greeted on that stage with no love. Uh, 
when Boys Alive was being sung, I mean, there were accusations. I mean, not even accusations. She was guilty. Like <laughs> she kind of just had the the backtrack playing. Um, there was no. I don't even know if her mic was on for real because <laughs> I don't think any sound was coming from her mic. It, it, and fans, you know, I, you know me. I don't really care for it. I, I would have been there screaming the lyrics myself personally. But um, it seems like the fans were kind of upset with the fact that this is the hottest song right now in. We'll call it youth, the youth cult, like youth music. Is that like a, do I sound like an old head saying that? I probably do, but like. (laughs) I've never heard that term. (laughs) Like, like younger, like, I feel like that's just like what all the kids, like this is the number one song, like on the internet. We'll call it that. Like this is the number one internet song right now. So, um, I think people are just expecting to see a a crazier reaction a la Travis Scott when he was going around playing Antidote everywhere. Um, in 2015, but it didn't seem like that. It seemed very dull. Um, do you think this is any hit towards Pink Panthers and the quality of her performance, or do you think this is more so kind of just an indictment on internet culture and the fact that this is what happens when you bring these internet songs to the real world? Um, they're not used. They're not used to this setting. I think. It's a testament of two things. Number one, uh, the internet part. Boy's a liar. Shouldn't have been the hit. <laughs> like, it became the hit. But Do You Miss Me is, like, miles better than that song. Boy's a liar is, like you said, just the internet song. So, that part. Like, sing Boy's a liar in the head and think about that performing. How do you <laughs> how do you go crazy with Boy's a liar? Whereas Do You Miss Me, that's a... Real also hit, like but Ice number Spice, two, like which is half the exactly like attraction to that song is absent. So true. It's kind of like when like your favorite artist like perform like a collab with like another one of your favorite artists, but like the other favorite artist not there. So it's just like the song hitting, but it's just like <laughs> we kind of like just singing along to like bro part, but he not here. But I heard she only got paid like two hundred fifty bucks, so I would have gave that same let's not, snooze. Let's not spread. Performance. Let's not spread misinformation. I don't. Even want to address that. Whatever. Continue, Taj. Testament two. Fuck the industry as South by Southwest crowd. Like fair. I, insider, insider knowledge on on her. A lot of the people in the music industry don't like music as much as they the fans. Don't actually like music. <laughs> they don't actually like music. <laughs> or, or like they came in loving music like most people would, and then like any career, it's like you're dealing with it so much you get sick of it. <laughs> These people have probably like heard and done exactly, and then going home and eating more chicken. Like, bro, I'm sick of chicken. Like, they probably heard this song, reported on the TikTok statistics on this song so much <laughs> that when they heard it, they got triggered themselves and just it got was mad. PTSD. It was PTSD from work. Exactly. <laughs> like, I'm not. This is no indictment on can Ice Spice control the crowd type shit. I've seen Ice Spice do or Pink shit. Panthers. Pink Panthers. Not, yeah, I've seen Pink Panthers control the crowd. Like, this just so happened to be. The TikTok song of the moment, and those niggas are probably sick of hearing the TikTok song of the moment, and having to report and do meetings on that song. So, so who is she performing for? South by Southwest, which is like Vance could probably explain it better, but it's basically like a big ass like like the NFL like type summer meetings type shit. It's essentially the NFL Combine. It's probably the closest thing we have to the NFL Combine for like music artists like. 
in the sense that, like, you know, Taj or Chance, um, I guess for maybe any of our basketball listeners, it's more so like the summer league um, where you just have everybody there. It's just a hub. Like, you're going to have your athletes, which would be the up-and-coming artists, a.k.a. your uh, rookies, your draft picks, second-year players. They're they're all playing, performing, um, doing their shows. But then you also just have, you know, other people. You have Drewski. You know, you have, like, popular people that are just there. Um just in the city of Austin at these different events. So I, I definitely agree with Taj. Um, it was a slightly rhetorical question. I think it's no indictment on Pink Panthers. I think Pink Panthers is... I mean, I think her purse is the perfect kind of, like, symbol of just, like, how nonchalant, like, all of this shit is to her. I think she's also one of the interesting cases, and I'm going to preface it this way because to leave a disclaimer because I know how it could be taken. Um... I don't mean it in any bad way, but I think she's one of the more prominent examples, Lil Nas X as well, of like, and I think we're, we're going to start seeing it way more on that level of like, artists aren't ready to be this popular this fast. How can you expect an artist that is especially from an international market, she's from the UK, and you want to plop her and drop her in Austin, Texas, and like think that boy's a liar like you've heard that melody that so you think that song is going to like appeal to a mainstream artist or audience it'd be like dropping yeet in the middle of um coachella a coachella crowd and thinking that like get busy is going to turn on like not turn on but like you know get all the lana del rey fans mosh pitting like that's not going to happen so going i think that- it's more so the crowd also, like, she's in that demographic of artists who, like, most people probably consider internet artists because she's so popular on the internet, but she's not your internet artist. Like, I, Pink Panthers is a real artist who just so happens to, like, make a sound that is, like, guaranteed to go viral on the internet viral. every time. But she's, like, a real artist, so the popularity and the art don't, they go together, but it's not the same. Like, she's not striving for it. It just so happens to be her sound is like this Y2K sound that is also the popular thing that's revolving at the moment. It it reminds me a lot of the of the, a lot of the discourse surrounding Steve Lacey's tour exactly. when he was mad at the people, the fact that he was looking in the crowd and nobody knew the lyrics and it was a lot of 16-year-old like white girls and stuff because bad habit went off on TikTok and he didn't really have any control over that. Um again, Steve Lacey's a little back to my point about things getting too big for the moment i don't think steve lacy i think he's very prepared to deal with stardom but i think like again in that way i I just nobody can prepare for your song to be a number one like i don't think steve lacy thought bad habit was going to be the number one song in america i i think if you asked him i'm sure you can we can probably find an interview on the breakfast club or wherever he did his press run that like he did not think that the song was going to be number one so yeah, you can be ready for it, but I guess this is kind of me stepping into my manager, kind of producer. Like, you just, you can't prepare for <laughs> that quote-unquote. Like, it's the closest thing we have to overnight success now, you know? Like, streaming, and then now TikTok and social media. Like, your shit can really get 600 videos, 700 videos, or what do they call them, sounds, um, on TikTok in a day, two days, three days, um, so yeah, I think it's just one of those interesting things. I think we're just going to see a lot more of these type of conflicts come up on Twitter across our TL of like, oh, hard rock. It was like when Ice Spice did Munch in Houston and everybody was like, Ice Spice is not going to last. Like, 
nobody in Houston fucks with Munch, even though Munch had came out like two weeks before. It's like, I would love to see you perform anything you created two weeks ago and like expect an audience to like know it, first of all, and like to understand it on the way that you do. So I feel like we're close. Like know. we're close to seeing it the same way. You see it more as like a wasn't expecting the success like to get this big. And I see it more as like maybe they were expecting it, but they weren't expecting they were expecting it from a different demographic. Like they were expecting it from a different set of fans. Like I like Pink Panther is I have no doubt like she expected love from like niggas who fuck with music. But she probably isn't expecting love from like everybody on TikTok. Like with the average TikTok user. Or thinking or thinking that she's gonna be like the industry girl that like everybody in the industry is gonna get out to see at South by exactly. and like instead of like her fans. Yeah, that's fair. But again, that that issue, I only kind of brought up this one because I think it's gonna, it's a little bit more novel because I think that issue's been around. Like even back to like the no name conversations that we've had like on this podcast about Herb's like wanting to fully stop touring because like she doesn't feel comfortable seeing like all white people in her um, crowds and stuff like that. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just a little bit too invested in the that fandom of this of this music thing. But I I, I think I think it's a super fascinating like discourse that's just going to continue to evolve surrounding like rap music and like trends and virality and then like the crowds and the real life aspect because we you and jack said it a couple weeks ago like one of the biggest indicators if not the main indicator for determining the it factor for an artist is like whether it can translate to real life perfect callback goes to the episode with jack uh music discovery 101 anybody got to hear i'll play one um i'm gonna play some more hard rock this is a little older this is uh from 2021 um, I think one of the first songs that kind of popped him off uh, on like the SoundCloud community, but this is hardcore drugs, solid music. Um, I mean, I feel like I've played hard rock on here before at least once, so you kind of know what that is, but the production is super interesting, so hardcore drugs by hard rock. You think I'm like that, but you should all night. I'm hard for her, bitch, I tee up a night I'm the new becoming nigga in the spite I'm coming for the money and I'm coming for the rest I'm coming for your bitch and I'm coming for the stacks I got shooters and killers, you been watching back I'm coming for the gang, I need ass facts Treat me like a villain. Yeah, I'm 
tryna see a million, but I'm tryna see a billion. I'ma fuck this shit up. Who the fuck brought me into the building? Bitch, I'm finna do some hardcore drugs for the feeling. Two days ago, somewhere around this time, more life came out six years ago. Um the only album I've heard to be heard called a, a quote-unquote playlist. I feel like, for whatever reason, people really don't like that album that much. At least that's what they show. But I have an interesting theory. A lot of people felt similarly about Views. So, I theorize that people going to really come Wait, around to more life. Cause for context, <laughs> this man didn't even intro his whole segment. <laughs> We're not just randomly talking about a Drake album. This is a new segment. Uh, this is Chance's segment. Chance basically picks an album from the past that and then he finds angles that, you know, interest him. And we go off from there. But yeah, all right. Back to the second. <laughs> yeah, we just did more live because that was very convenient for this week. But um by the way, I was saying. What do y'all think about that though? Like where do you where do you kind of stack more life in Drake discography? Is it one you don't care for, Vance? So I'm sorry to be I'm sorry, I'm sorry to start and be that guy. Because this is actually one of my biggest pet peeves, but I will answer your question with a question. You think it's a, like you mentioned views, you believe it's a time expiration type thing? Like you think a certain amount of time needs to go by before the masses um, kind of appreciate Drake? That's what I'm asking. Because you said views was like kind of got appreciated in the last two or three years. So you think more life will be appreciated in the next two to three, four years. You think that's just strictly because of time? <laughs> Nigga stomped. <laughs> I'm really trying to think about this because when I think about this, I'm trying to think about why did people come around to views? Like what, Cause what I was made gonna, people cause come I was around to views? I was going to go into my theory first. Was it the popularization it. of like, like, I'm not going to say Drake was the first, but we talked about it before. Like, he was, like, one of the first big artists to, like, or American artists, quote-unquote, to sort of do this Afrobeat sound yes. on, like, a large scale. I was right. I'm right there with you. That's, that's basically what I was going so, to say. I think it's the influences it, that come around that make people appreciate the past. Like, and I think that's what's going to happen. I think, like, we've seen it in the last couple of years, like, worldwide music. That's, that's a stupid name for a genre. I'm not even going to call it that, but... World you music. know, global music yeah. from, um, you know, huge artists like Thames. Um, what's my man? Last, last. Burner Boy? his name right now. Burner Boy. <laughs> um, I think he called him last, I last. think we just seen them. You know, dude, they just did the the NBA All-Star game. So He's doing the World Cup, too. I just think, you know, pretty soon, like, we're going to see people there. start to come around to these type of sounds again and say, hey. They actually did have some gems because you talk about like a Georgian interlude. I get this. I get it together with like a Black Coffee was a great song. Um, Do Not Disturb is on there. Ice Melts with Thug. Like there are a lot of little gems on on More Life that I think people don't talk about enough. Like I feel like people talk about Scorpion more than they do More Life. I think the thing with More Life is that it was a very mysterious kind of era for Drake because it was kind of, and not to say, I mean, Drake's, he hasn't really taken a year off. I mean, I've championed him on this podcast multiple times for that exact reason. The fact that he hasn't, you know, taken a break like other artists. Um, but I feel like that was post, that was like directly post Meek Mill after he ethered Meek Mill and sent that nigga to the gulag and kind of went on his championship run 
summer 16 tour with future um that was kind of right after that and right before the kanye adonis Pusha T kind of beef so this is crazy revisionist history (laughs) wait am i being this was not i'm just saying i'm just saying in terms of i think this is why i just think drake was more like a little bit more ducked off at that in this year which is why i don't i feel like we didn't but why was he ducked off maybe Fuck you got he ethered meat and then right. views happened and it wasn't well recepted. And then he didn't want the responsibility of like, oh, I gotta drop classic album at the classic album. So he labeled this album a playlist. And then as a result, niggas didn't niggas didn't take it as serious because he labeled it a playlist and it didn't get the love it deserved according to chance. Yeah, I mean, this was kind of the first album that Drake, I feel like, said he was I mean Somebody can probably fact check me it on definitely this, felt but I feel like, like this here, was the first. Like, this was the first one where he stopped. I feel like this was the first one where he stopped submitting to the Grammys. Like I feel like he remember he. I feel like it was big news that he didn't submit more life to the Grammys to win like album, or it was like big news surrounding the Grammys in this in this project because it was like oh they didn't take it as an album or like Drake didn't submit it or didn't get nominated like. But regardless, so 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 Taj is saying that Drake basically. He was he was ducked off on purpose, involuntarily. Voluntarily, he he didn't want well, voluntarily, he but he also, yeah. he also got forced because of the music didn't get accepted well. Exactly. Yeah, it's not even he didn't get forced. It was just like he delivered like five straight classics. Then he got one that people didn't immediately consider a classic, and he was like, "All right, I don't want the stress anymore." He dropped more life a playlist, and I think. It's like the most double-edged sword project because on one hand, he introduced all these international artists. And like for me, like this is the project that made me like tap in with UK rap heavy because of like all of the UK rap on this project. So he introduced all these like international artists. But also this is like the start of people like, wait, we don't have to make albums. (laughs) We can just make like playlist type projects. And it's like Drake did it. So... And he's the number one guy. Why can't I also just make a project that's a collection of songs and treat it as if it's my album? So I didn't really like that, but it's a double-edged sword. He gave and he took at the same time. So you think because of that, that sort of infamy or like label on the project, like people just associated with that so they don't latch onto it as much? Because I feel like this is this is definitely better than like a scorpion in my opinion. It is. I mean, Scorpion had higher highs, but as a full body of work, yeah, just like yeah, it's hard to. I don't. I don't like matching things up against Scorpion because Scorpion isn't the album he wanted to drop. Like he had to throw songs like Emotionless and Eight Out of Ten on there because of the Kanye Pusha beef. Like that beef doesn't happen. Drake doesn't have to make these songs addressing his child. I think that's like the one like lifeline uh skip jail monopoly card like i will give to drake like real caveat like is scorpion hate because i was a big scorpion hater but looking back it's like i think drake had a better collection of songs he i don't think he that was supposed to be a two-sided type thing i think he had to put way more on there to address his kids so i mean i i can see what you're saying but back to what taj says like if you can just think about the t- the high highs on Scorpion and think that like 
that was more so supposed to be the main like jaded's like jaded is special that's what that's, what one? that's how you feel but he also that's how you feel that's that how about, you feel is special. i can say that about do not disturb on more life or since way back with party if we're if we're keeping it in a contemporary space i don't think more life is going to get the love like scorpion is a better example like i think scorpion is to drake what Starboy was to the weekend of maybe not an incredible project front to back, but it's got some of the highest highs of your career. And since the project wasn't incredible front to back, maybe those high highs got a little overlooked in the moment and they can be looked back on like at any moment as like, oh shit, this is like a legend's top thing. Like jaded, like Van said, jaded. I can see that getting like I mean, sped but outside up or some of shit outside of like becoming the, the number the one singles, song. like <laughs> like the bounce singles, nice for what? But those already had their moment. What else he had on here? What what other songs other than Jaded are like top Drake moments on this project? Shit, the joint with uh, Ty Dolla Sign after Dark. The first like five side B was great. I like side B on Scorpion. What's the other joint? Peak? We're going to have to do like a... Peak? Just bring back my idea, the versus idea. You've heard Peak, right? Obviously. Peak is straight, but that's not like a... You said the, some of the highest highs of your career, and it's just like, whoa. I never... I mean, I was just saying, I mean, I think Jaded is a top 10 Jaded. Drake song of his career. Jaded is top Outside 10. of Jaded, though? I think... What else? Uh, Which one? Is it Elevator or Emotionless? One of those two. Is elite. Emotionless is great. Emotionless is cool. I like eight, eight out, out of 10, ten. But again, I try to leave these out of my argument because my argument is kind of that these songs wouldn't have to be on the project. Um, it's a good problem to have for Drake. We're over here debating like which songs are his highest highs on on whatever album. But I think he had higher highs on more on, on more, more life. life. Which ones? I did. What's your top? Oh, three? super high on more life. I need three. I need three. Do not disturb is is a top Drake. That's song. That's fair. Now, give me two more. Passion fruit. Um, since way back with party next door. No, no. not top ten, not top no. twenty. All right, it's not top ten, but it's a good Drake song. Okay, there's a lot of good Drake songs. Um, passion fruit, great song. <laughs> no. It's a good song. But Get it together is a great song. Like that's a really good Drake song. You want me to name the high? You name those highs highs on more life, and if I name the higher highs on Jade, I mean Scorpion. Scorpion's gonna win like teenage fever. Teenage fever is like a. We need to. This is why we need to do a versus, not for this episode. But we just need to. We need to just. That's a new segment. We need to just take like and just put these out against each other, just song for song, like pick a handful and just see. Because I'm we gonna have to agree to disagree. I don't know though. I think more life though, I would probably take that over Scorpion. Anyway, that's enough on the more life segment, y'all. I just think y'all gonna come around to it eventually. I say the same thing about the party movie. Yeah. <laughs> Still waiting on I'm waiting patiently. <laughs> that shit got three. told. I think I've seen I've three. seen some people come around though. So I'm just I'm just gonna continue to be patient. We're technically in year four. This is his fourth year of trying to argue um that this album is uh I think you only see it. I think, and that was the thing with time. It's not about time. It's about like how more old, projects. How old do so I you can see, you can situate <laughs> it in like their. So I gotta be like forty. And you can say actually, like this was a good moment. I gotta be forty to enjoy party moments. No, I'm not saying you gotta be that old, but like you know, once another project or two come out, you can really <laughs> have a sense for That's where it happening. stands. Okay. Are we doing another unheard, or do we want to talk uh, talk about this uh, Warner guy? 
Yeah, let's go from chances segment to advances segment. Let's get some industry shit. All right, man. I only know like the broad details. Well, I guess that's a oxymoron. <laughs> I know the broad overview of um what this. It was like a Warner, very high up. I don't. I don't want to say it was the CEO. Was it the CEO of Warner yeah. Music? I got the quote. Okay. Uh, CEO Robert. Kind of, I don't know how to his name. Robert K. Uh, basically said, pay artists more if they are the first artist listened to when the streaming app is open. His exact quote was, for instance, if a subscriber started a session with Lizzo, she should get the multipliers of her stream total because Lizzo basically brought the user to the platform. That is valuable to the platform. She's consistently starting long sessions, even though it's not all with her content. She's consistently long session generator. There should be multipliers for that. So I'm guessing this is like... A discussion in terms of, you know, recent earnings reports and stuff came out for quarter four of last year to see how much the music industry made. And again, I think it was like a record high for like two of the three of, you know, the big three, Sony, Universal and um, Warner in terms of profit um, generated. So I think this was just kind of in the general, you know, conversation of more money in the music industry, what should happen with it, where should it go, where should it be allocated, and, you know, I guess kudos to the Robert K for speaking on it, whereas I feel like a lot of people wouldn't, um, but, uh, I have no clue about his theory, for real, I mean, I know you had an issue regarding playlisting, which like on the surface makes sense to me, but I would like to hear you kind of get into it a little bit more because I his theory makes sense in like the most simple sense of like the labels have handicapped themselves so much by depending on streaming platforms to carry to push their product for them that now the only way that they can maximize their product is by bullying the streaming services <laughs> into like pushing their product. For like for example, he says he wants like. If Lizzo brings in a listener first, which is like user acquisition, customer acquisition type shit, then yeah, she should get more. Like that makes sense. But at the same time, like how do people listen to music now? People aren't going and just clicking on the album and pressing play. They're not just searching up an artist, pressing play on their song. They're going to the playlist that they have saved, hitting shuffle. They're going to the playlist that this editorial team or this AI or this algorithm curated for them and pressing shuffle. So if that's the case, none of them are the first user acquisition. The the user acquisition the is the playlist. Is. Exactly, yeah. which means by that logic, the playlist, whoever made the playlist should be <laughs> the chair, not the artist. That's not true in all cases, though. There are definitely like certain releases that get people on the platform. But what do you... Like, I know such I'm talking about majority of the time, The majority, though. the 90% is going to be the Travis if Scott, you, if you end up going that route, If you end up going that route, it's going to end up being a worse share for artists than... A better share like more artists are going to get fucked and more artists are going to get help if you say like this artist brought the person onto your platform yeah like why does the weekend need a multiplier he's the he's the greatest yeah, stream, like he's the greatest already. he's the greatest streamed artist the most streamed artist of all time i think he has like 150 million monthly listeners streaming they need like a streaming <laughs> association like a streaming players association <laughs> they have one they do 
I'm being serious. Like they need like a players association. They, have they can one. do like profit they have, sharing. They have one that, and... that it comes together. I should know the name of it. It's like three letters. It's like the MBE. Let me look it up. Like he's pushing these streamers. He also said like streamers should pay more. Uh, should charge more for their uh, the cost of streaming. He's saying streaming is undervalued. He basically said right now uh, the price of music is at fifty percent. So the average streaming cost is ten dollars. He's saying it should be twenty dollars based on like the math he did. Which I agree and with if that. Y'all point. give that whole ten dollars to the artist. That's cool. That's cool with me. But y'all not gonna do that. Y'all gonna take nine and give them a dollar. It's the MLC, the Mechanical Licensing Collective, and they just basically like deal with like the idea of like streaming services paying for what they call a blanket license. So, um. Like, it's very hard, you know, to pay. if Like, if, if Taj wants to create a streaming service and, and put my song on it, like, he would have to pay me um, to put my song on the platforms because it's technically, when it goes on his platform, it's a recopy or a redistribution of my song. So say that a thousand artists want to put their song on to Taj's platform, but we're all signed to the same label rather than reaching out to us individually and paying an individual fee. He'll just pay what they call a blanket license and that'll just cover, that's why it's called a blanket license. It'll essentially cover, if you can visualize, all of the artists under this label. So the MLC, the Mechanical Licensing Collective, kind of works with making sure that artists that are a part of organizations are getting paid under these blanket licenses. Sorry for the little tidbit. I think it's a war that the CEO should kind of steer clear from unless he or unless they are building a platform of their own I would steer clear of it like they've been bullying these platform these they can't bully Apple or Amazon but they've been bullying Spotify I wrote this column like when I was at USC and I did like research on it like every quarter and literally every quarter Spotify showed growth the labels were like you know what go ahead and up our percentage <laughs> like so every year it's better that Spotify gets in the green. The labels make sure they get back to the red. So it's got to hit a bubble. Exactly. Like, eventually, Spotify is going to do see the numbers and be like, we're pushing your product more than you are capable of. You kind of need us at this point more than we need you. Or it's like, it should be more 50-50 than a 85-15 type situation. Like, eventually, those numbers are going to even out more. But that's just my prediction. Yeah, I don't know. I definitely feel you on the algorithm thing because yeah like spotify especially like it's so playlist based with like i mean i don't really know if it's newsworthy but we could talk about their new kind of platform how it's like their biggest redesign since like what 2008 2010 biggest app redesign ceo said ever oh biggest redesign ever nice so I gotta have to check it out now because that was actually my biggest complaint with Spotify. So that's my point. Like you go to their UI or UX or whatever it's called, and like you're just using their shit, um, but it's like not really you. Like it's everything is put in front of your face. It's an algorithm. It's a playlist. It's a fresh finds frequency. Uh, it's just too chaotic for me. Yeah, that's, that's like, the point. Like they have. They've created a scenario where they have the power of like Spotify users. And I was not a majority of Spotify users don't go in and just search the album. 
like they've integrated themselves into the ecosystem of music with playlisting. And now that, that that's, I mean, that's what that's, users wait, prefer, that's real. That's real. they're valuable. Majority of Spotify users don't search anything when they go in. No, there's a reason Spotify is designed the way it is and Apple is designed the way it is. Apple shows you you're recently downloaded, whereas Spotify, you got to press two buttons to do that. Like, it, it's there for a reason. Like, Spotify it's has real, made themselves valuable. Pathway. That's why I like Apple Music, because I like looking for shit I looked at. Damn, so you're saying Spotify is like the grocery store, like or like the like home goods where they put all the like the candles and like the little widgets like in the in this in the line. So if you're waiting in a long line, you have to like grab some off the shelf, like an air freshener to buy it and put it in your cart. Basically, yeah. <laughs> I got a better example would probably be like the fucking ATM in the gas station type shit, like charging a fee, like but like you have to pay in cash, but you have to charge a fee. You have to pay a two dollar fee or whatever to get the cash oh, out. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's kind of like that. Like they've become the ATM of music. Like sure, you want people to listen to this project, but the way the only way the project does well numbers is if it gets put in this playlist, and all the good playlists are here. And playlisting is something that we develop. Like they've made yeah, themselves. That's a great. Integral. That's a that's a that's a great. Ex- yeah, it's a way better analogy because now like ATMs are so normal. Even though there's just like a new study that came out that like ATMs are dying since the pandemic. Like. Maybe Spotify can do the same. But yeah, we'll see who wins. Uh, if Robert K's idea gets implemented, or is it Robert Kraft, <laughs> like owner of the? That'd be hilarious if Robert Kraft was also the head of Warner Music. <laughs> <sighs> Alrighty, let's get another unheard. I got one. Uh, this is fuck. Where'd they go? This is Little Dragon. They kind of have that. It's a group. I've always thought Caliuchus' sound was like just her, but this group also has the Caliuchus sound. It finally like helped me understand the sound of like LK. It's like a '90s R&B mixed with a little pop, mixed with a little like ethnicity type shit. And it just sounds great. things on unheard Vance has been teasing visuals <laughs> for like <laughs> two years uh, we've been teasing a bunch of things but this is a real announcement you can expect to see March 27th um, it's an app 
I've been developing. It's called, I guess it's okay to say the name right now. Yeah, it's called Cosign. Um, it's a way to discover artists, dive into their discographies, do a bunch of fun things. And it really is built on Apple Music API. It's a way to really unlock Apple Music. So there's a lot of frustration with Apple Music listeners. If you're an Apple Music listener, this will really ease a lot of your frustrations. It'll make discovering artists way easier. It'll make tapping in with your favorite artists a lot easier. I've, for the last, I want to say, five months, every unheard I've played on here I've found through the app. Um, and even artists who I'm fans of, like Lancey, I've been hearing Lancey songs that I haven't heard for like four years. It's like, damn, I forgot how much I love that song. So that's a highlight of the song. You can add to playlists in app, do a bunch of cool shit, tweet the song in app, uh, add them to your roster, make labels. I'm not going to spoil too much because I want you guys to like use the app and play around with these things. But yeah, I think labels is probably my favorite feature of like things you can do in the app. Um, and yeah, that's coming Monday, March 27th. By the time you hear this, maybe by the time you hear this will be Wednesday or Thursday of next this week. So the website for you to sign up, join a waitlist should be up. Um, there's three ways for you to be a part of the beta. One, you join a waitlist, enter your name and submit a playlist um, from that playlist. If I or Chance or Vance think you have good taste. Um, we'll send you an email and you're accepted. You get the download the app, come on. Other way is somebody else gets accepted and they can then send you, everybody gets two referral links. So they send you one of their two links, meaning somebody with good taste thinks you have good taste. They want you to download the app. And third is just a personal invite from Chance, Vance, or I, um, which I think, you know, is a high honor. Um, and it's like this way. I know it's not a public super public beta because we really want the recommendations to be high quality and how the algorithm works is the early users really kind of have heavy influence on the recommendation system so it's important for high quality listeners to be the early users so they can then dictate the algorithm in the future so if you're listening to this right now like 99 times out of 100 you are high quality listeners so get your ass on the beta <laughs> Yeah. Right now. Jazz on a beta. Yeah, that's pretty much it. You yeah, I got no final words for all. I mean, shit. All you niggas, you know, you've on Twitter com complaining about the Twitter algorithm, the, the hinge, the algorithm, the Tinder algorithm. Now you have a chance to make a change. Okay? <laughs> algorithm can be yours with no complaints. Be the change. <laughs> uh, Yep, that's it. Uh, Sign up. Once you sign up, invite couple friends and we'll go from there any last words we call this an episode nice little episode nice little episode man we always make a shake over here man even when there's not much going on um a lot of great releases coming up so we're gonna have a lot of great content stay tapped in you could do that by you know following us on the ig unheard podcast um twitter unheard power one um check us out man leave us a like little rating or whatever share with your friends and just, you know, keep enjoying the listens, keep enjoying the recommendations, you know. Just enjoy music, man. Love y'all. You hear me? Fuck with the beta, like we said. And that's really it for me. Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> uh, my last, last words. Uh, this was a, we only had dropped two episodes this past month. 2,000 stream month, despite only two episodes. So thank you if you're one of those 2,000 streams. Damn, I get 2,000 streams?
in a month. All in? Like yep. all platforms? Uh, just Apple. Didn't Sheesh. include Spotify. But yeah, thank you for your part of that. Well, we're all like trend in transitionary stages in our life, so it's kind of hard to be consistent, but we'll get more consistent. We promise. But thank you. Uh, all right, unheard on chance, and we're out. In an episode on on a high note, man. Go check out uh check out that uh Don Juan featuring DSG Dre by Moschino, New Orleans artist. I've been sliding striker trying to catch some slipping. Yeah. I was a badass kid just like Stewie Griffin. I fucked a cougar bitch, look like Larsa Pippen. I feed her any pills, we call those Bar Simpsons. I feel like that boy Watson when he played for a Clemson. But I don't steal pussy, baby girl. Trip on, I'm trip on, trip it's that Mac flow, Don Juan went out the cane. Chevelle 77, blue and gold like Nader Dane. I'm running down Canal trying to put my broad on the tour. If you get his coin base and his Bitcoin, we're going touring. Thinking for two decades, switch it up, now I'm going forward. I feel like Weezy Weep before the skating, the most is scoring. I'm scoring just like Adam in the paint with the pretty braids. I feel like Jimmy's son, I do my gritty, I'm in the game. I feel like Jory Burrow with that nine when it's in my head. I'm not that boy crazy. I'm a shoe, guess I'm not a man. I was born ready, see my daddy put dope in Saran. I was selling grams for tennis, rapping shit wasn't in the plan. Look, dog, a bitch, I catch him out in public and I can't shake his hand. I was stuffing suitcases with them turkeys, coming back with him. The shot that she came, I'm about to fuck her, then pull out the cam. Me and Mo up in this bitch, gonna hit for hit like goddamn. Well, I know some pros up in that kitchen, cooking with their hands. Know that I'm the realest this shit get. I'm dying with my mans. I was 19, trying to sell a pound up on my mama van. I turned 20, metal plug in Cali. Then I got some bands. I got a passion for this shit. I wake up doing hand to hand. That Glock, that bitch like fashion drip. I got a stuff in my pants. I ain't gon' lie, I need some more money. Bitch, I feel like Lance. If I sign a deal, I'm buying a thousand bags with my advance. In Italy, like Galileo, I've been rolling around stars and shit. Just trying to speak shit to exist. I don't even got a passport. Lil' Moscow way out Europe like a nigga driving NASCAR. I was being mischief, you was inside watching Avatar. I was that badass kid putting your roaches in the half of dog. Podcast over, dog.